0: Hey everybody! Great episode of the morning show today. We talk about other side sharing the six collections that will be able to play in the upcoming game they are releasing, the Legends of Mara. We also talk about the elementals uh, from the Azuki ecosystem art change proposal vote that's happening today at 6 p.m. Eastern time and what we think will come of that. We also talk about Solana's resilience during this crypto dump. Yet Solana, you know, is still going up. So are we seeing some price discovery on Solana after much too excessive of a sell off during the FTX debacle. Beyond that, the show is sponsored by Planet X, which is the world's first blockchain native live treasure hunt game where players are able to compete against each other for real-world prizes on mobile with a blockchain foundation. So check out Planet X at playplanetx.com and the free NFT for today password is bullish23. If you go to the nifty.com/claim and put in the password bullish23, you'll be able to claim it. Hope you enjoyed the show. So did Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg kill Twitter? Is that the uh, is that the official situation that's happening here? Is Threads uh, the best app ever? The fastest to thirty million downloads ever? Uh, we were just talking about it off air that that's like kind of a misleading stat. I mean, if Facebook puts out an app, I gotta imagine they're gonna get like at least ten million downloads on the first day. If they can't do it, who can do it? But I don't know. I mean, Nick, you've been in the in the tech game for decades now. Are you impressed with the rollout of threads? Do you expect it to gain market share on Twitter?
1: Uh, nothing's changed since yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I still feel the same way. It's a, I don't know, it's just a new app that people are going to. But it's like, well, I don't understand. P- people go there. Th- literally, the only response that I've seen of people posting about it is like, um. Not willing to let propaganda spread is what one person posted in response to my, like, I was like, why are you on here? And I was like, like Facebook
0: makes the propaganda.
1: <laughs> no, Facebook's just as bad as Twitter. Twitter is pretty bad. Actually, I think Twitter was, uh, was worse when it came to like bots during the- it's still worse. The and-, and, and yeah, there's still, um, a bunch of bots like now rather than, Like right now, they automatically hide comments that are like suspiciously spammy. But like they know that it's spammy. So I'm like, why don't they just delete it? Like why do they make me click like show to see more uh, for the
2: replies in my comments? Those ones that like automatically reply to people. Some of them are genuine too, though. Like when I click this reply to see more, some of them are just like normal people responding. They just all of a sudden got grouped into it. The other thing I want to talk about with like the threads is i did download it i had posted like threads more like deads (laughs) like just messing around just like kind of shit posting on there and then all of a sudden every post on there was either someone i did not follow or interact with or it was somebody posting like a three-part threads about how to grow your engagement and why this is a gold rush of engagement i'm like dude this app has been out for 36 hours and you're telling me you know the algorithm so, like the back of your hand, on top of it too, it's like all the same people I see on crypto Twitter. So like, clearly, I was so glad I just gave away all my data to see the same people I interact with all day anyway, and now just have to follow them again. Like, what what a what a wonderful situation. I, I think. Yeah. For a, oh, go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say, the the one thing I noticed, um, I went on it again today, and the one thing I noticed is like, there's no ads at the moment. So I went onto Instagram, I was scrolling, and it's like, genuine post, ad, genuine post, ad. It's like the ad situation on Instagram is just a lot, and then you go onto threads, and then you realize, actually, they haven't put ads there yet. So from that perspective, it's a nice experience, but there's just too much noise, and I'm not enjoying seeing so many random people who I don't follow, accounts that I don't follow, the 12th best friend as easy was saying of someone it's it's just so much noise and chaotic it just feels like it needs a bit more organization so i'm less positive today i'm joining the fudder club
2: (laughs) they did say that uh, ads will come after 10 million users which we got yesterday so zuck had said that he's waiting till 10 million signups to introduce ads on the platform and we got 10 million so uh, i give it a week the uh, I don't know if it's gonna happen that fast. The problem that they were trying to solve
1: for is the cold start problem, which is something that they did on Facebook before. Facebook, the biggest issue that Facebook had in their like a lot of their growth metrics basically was that you had to get someone to connect with I think it was three friends and upload X number of photos. It was seven photos, three friends, or something like that. W- whatever the I, I'm. It's been a while since I uh, wrote about those benchmarks, but the bottom line is. Uh, they tried to do the same thing. Twitter does the exact same thing. When you sign up for a new account, they have suggested accounts that you should follow and it, so that you can have the experience. And so the person that they're catering for is someone who's just new to the app. The problem is, is literally everybody, one, if you're on Instagram, you're you're already following people, right? So if you imported your Instagram account, you're already doing that. Yet the feed still shows me now a combination of the 300 people that I'm following on that Instagram account plus a bunch of other random people. So that like, it's just a mix of that experience. And the, the main motivator that I saw, and I saw people literally tweet about this was like, well, I seem to get more engagement here. And the problem is like at the beginning, everyone gets engagement because they're like, Oh, that's cool. Great to see you here too. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like it's like moving into a new neighborhood and like you say hi to everybody, but you're not hanging out with everybody in that neighborhood. Like it's just not happening. You're just saying hello. You're being a kind neighbor, basically. So you're just introducing yourself. And that's basically what people are doing on threads right now. And I, I think a lot of people there are hoping that they weren't able to succeed on Twitter. They weren't able to succeed on Instagram in terms of getting followers. No, quote, nobody's paying attention to me there maybe this is finally the place where people will pay attention. Not recognizing the fact that they need to just change their strategy because their content sucks. And that's just like the cold, hard truth. But no one's willing to write that. Like like no one's willing to reply, hey, just so you know, your content sucks. That's why no one's responding with you. You're you're a selfish prick who keeps writing about why nobody's following me and and, and try to rally the troops to, to get motivated about the number of people that are following you. Nobody gives a shit. Like no one cares how many people are following you. And the reality is, if you don't post interesting stuff, you're just not going to get additional followers. That includes whether, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, the bottom line is like, you're not making stuff that people are interested in. Same thing goes for artists. Some artists get offended because they're like, I work so hard. I work so hard at create, uh, honing my craft. The reality is there's a bunch of writers and authors who nobody buys their book because the book fucking sucks. Like no one's interested in reading it, but those people have been writing for decades. Like they've been working their ass off and they can tell you everything about an AP writing style guide. They can tell you everything about grammar. They can tell you about the history of writers and why their craft, why they're so creative. But if nobody's following them, cold hard truth is, yeah, your stuff sucks. Like I'm just letting you know. It could be cool, but you're selling to a small audience. That's that's the, the bottom line.
0: I'm glad that Nick is on my team, let me tell you, because uh, it's way better to have somebody that's going to lay down the cold, hard truth than have a yes man and be like, yeah, our content's unbelievable. People are getting a, um, a peek into the blinds of you know Nick's mentality, which is a mentality that leads to numbers go up. Because, yeah, it's true. I think a lot of people don't fully grasp. I think that the nature of Twitter, like the fact that, like, think about it. If you make a YouTube video, you're, like, filming a video and uploading it, right? Or you're doing something. where it, it, It's an audiovisual experience. There's not a lot of confusion. I think if somebody puts up a video, nobody watches it. They're not like, oh, wow, that video is elite, you know? But when it comes to, a Twitter, like, Twitter and these written platforms, someone, like, writes a sentence. And they expect people to, like, pop off. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, very well put from Nick. Bunny's got his hand raised. Bunny, what's going on?
1: Quick, Bunny, before you talk, uh, there's one last thing on this and I really appreciate all of your insight, Bunny. Um, the, and also, you know, board eight floors seem like they hit a bottom. So congratulations on that. Just a little bit lower. The last thing I was going to say is, uh, the, the threads posted a thread I like the spool idea that Easy was going with. That one was way more interesting. And they were saying, "Here are the words that you use to describe a
2: thread." And and like Twitter didn't define tweet, I don't think. Like No, it just it, happened. The other it, thing too is the threads are like reply to everybody, post a lot, comment a ton, like every thread. Be a tailor. It's exactly what you have to do. Engagement. <laughs> and <it> was, <laughs> and it,
1: it's just garbage basically like and there's no reason like i don't understand like all you've done is bifurcated the audience even further so like are if you're on instagram and now you have a choice between instagram and threads like which one do you go with and my guess is instagram like i and the average person just ain't leaving instagram to go over to threads i i just don't see it happening and the the users that they have right now, like everyone loves something cool and fresh, um, especially when it's like well-built, but like get getting a million people on a platform is, is an accomplishment, not really an accomplishment with someone with half of the world, <laughs> literally on their platform with 3 billion people.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm coughing here, but I was going to say, how many users does Facebook have?
1: Already, right, like billions, literal billions. I think they are
2: 2.5 billion yeah, users. How many
0: people are in the globe?
2: Seven. Yeah. Billion. Uh, yeah, so I think they have a trillion because of all the bot accounts. A-
0: they got out of Zuck's dorm room. I think it's safe to say that the Facebook squad, they're out of Zuck's dorm room at this point, and they got so some users. Did
2: you users. see the tweet that went viral about Zuck's messages yesterday, back when Facebook first started? They brought back this old Facebook message, like way back, and Zuck was talking to somebody about it. And he was like, "Yeah, if you want information about Harvard students, I got 4,000 emails, addresses, SNSS, full names." And they're like, "How do you have this data?" He's like, "People just trust me." It was like the wildest thing. And there was like another comment in there too, where he called them like idiots or something. That's that's old. That's like from. That's back what I said. Kay. That's what I said. It was way back. It was really, really old. And they just resurfaced it and were like, "You're giving this person your data all over again because like this app is." hyper aggressive on what it takes but basically every app is too it's just that this one put it out in very layman's terms yeah. but Th- this post just resurfaced again this data thing with uh with, if like- you use a cell phone if you use a smartphone if you're not using a goddamn flip phone from motorola or nokia like your your data is everywhere anyway like you can't just go completely off the grid
4: uh, thanks for expressing my idea bunny what's your thoughts <laughs> no I was just gonna make fun of Nick, but I feel like I missed the moment. <laughs> well, just try the joke,
1: see if it works.
4: Nah, it's too late, dude. Because we're not talking about you. Nah, man. Well, I'm explain gonna... it to us.
1: People like jokes. I oh,
4: love when you explain the joke. <laughs> nah, I was just honestly because you were you were being very critical of of content, and I was just gonna read your GM tweet verbatim. To be honest, that was the whole joke. <laughs>
1: that's a pretty
0: good one that's a pretty good
1: joke buddy thank
0: you for explaining that
1: joke amigo i need to get rid of this auto tweeter thing that i have set up because it's like it was all good but the problem was all it did was started tweeting gms and and uh i could have told you that was not going to work after an extended period of time if you don't write actual new content in there but uh what what was the gm tweet actually i'm curious now and signal looks like you the
0: person running behind the car <laughs> or there's the, the situation when there's like six. No, no, it's like, the one from today. Su-
4: Bunny, success I, I need to is hear not it in the your key phone. to happiness. <laughs> happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. Straight <laughs> off of Google. That's a,
1: that's a TM tweet right there. That's a banger. That's a feel good in the morning sort of uh, tweet. People love that. Well, it's better than me being like GM. So here's my thoughts on the latest latest political situation. There's no doubt that Hunter Biden was the one that was shoving cocaine into the cubby holes of the tourist areas of the White House. Actually, there's no doubt that that he figured out that that was the way to get the crack into the White House was through the back door where all of the the, the normal the normies end up going in through the tour tour areas and. As you can tell, as a result of that, that's really having an impact on the heavy metal game right now. Uh, the board Ape game, it, they're trying to make it exciting. So they threw some crack, on, sprinkled it onto the tiles throughout the game. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Hunter Biden shows up into the actual game. And it's a crazy situation that we've been seeing ever since then. Uh, GM. GM. Say signal, what were you gonna say about the threats?
3: No, I was I was gonna say I really appreciate Bunny for not explaining the joke, but then you made him explain the joke because I feel like Bunny's the funniest out of everyone, but then you kind of put him in like an awkward position where he had to explain the joke. And I'm just amazed about how well the cometers know your best GMs because the ship one always makes me laugh when I see it. Um, be great. Clemente, if you bring up that quote again, it's something about friendships and wooden ships and plastic oh, ships.
1: that's a cheers right there! <laughs> to, to, here's to ships. There's many types of ships: wooden ships, metal ships, and ships that sail the sea. But there are no ships like friendships. Very so nice. To, and you cheers that at a uh, at a dinner with very important political figures, as I do. And you'll uh, you'll see. People are very receptive to that cheers.
0: Nick's always lobbying. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, we are going to discuss other side's recent announcement for the Legends of Mara game. We are going to discuss the Azuki Elementals Art Boat going live today. And last but not least, we're going to uh discuss what to make of 10 KTF's expected G Tags announcement. Clemente, before I move on, was there something you want to add? I saw you on mute. No, okay. Uh, Anyway, look, ladies and gentlemen, today's show is sponsored by Planet X. Planet X is the world's first blockchain native live treasure hunt game where players can actually compete for real world prizes every single day. So, the game's coming to iOS and Android, and it combines the best parts of battle royale games and fast paced multiplayer gaming so you can actually take competition to the next level through your mobile gaming and blockchain gaming experience. So the asset of the game, it's set on an alien planet that's inspired by Avatar, and the game has really kick-ass graphics and a very unique mobile experience. So just to give you some more info, and Clemente on the YouTube channel has a very cool graphic pulled up it seems that this is a mega thread on the game, so definitely check that out. I'm sure Clemente will pin it to the top of the Twitter show. But basically, hunts will start at a specific time each day with uh, treasure chests being hidden and waiting to be discovered. When you find a chest... Then you can actually win what's inside, and then the action continues until the last chest is found. So you can purchase strategic items, you know, scanners, guns, vehicles, that'll help you enhance your gameplay and improve your chances of winning. So, you know, you can basically power yourself up in the process, uh, and skill, not luck, determines the winners. So I think that's a really important thing as the gaming, uh, you know, blockchain gaming products come out and develop, still has to be the major factor because that's actually what's fun. So you can check out the pin tweet that Clemente has at the top to sign up for the Mint. Again, that's Planet X. We're pumped to have Planet X on the show today. You can see the Twitter profile on the stage, and we're going to be talking to the team there later on in the show. So definitely check out Planet X. Uh, but getting right into it, we have our weather report. I believe it's Signals Day, correct, Sig?
3: Yeah, guys, it is me today. So let's get into that weather. It's a Friday, Friday, the 7th of July. I hope it's hot and humid wherever you are in the world. But <laughs> thank you. Uh, total market volume coming in at 22 million. Blood taking that line share at 16. Open seed down in the dumps at 3.7. On to leaders. We've had some numbers change. It looks like apes have been finding a nice little round bottom at 32.5. Mutants as well, back up over six. And punks just holding that. ETH range, bit down from where they were near 50. Uh, d God's back up to 8.4. Azuki holding and sort of, you know, pretty stable at 6.5. Let's see what happens on the vote. Captain stable at 6 and Pudgies, just as we know, at holding just close to 4. Over the past 24 hours, well, Dow put forth a proposal. They're going to launch toys in collaboration with Pudgy Penguins. The plan is to release 1,000 toy penguins. It's going to be sporting some Dow glasses and they're each going to be retailing at $300 If the proposal gets greenlit, then you can expect these pudgy collectibles to be uh, launched in the next four months. On to what's happening in the law and lawsuits. Twitter is threatening to sue Meta over the misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets, as well as going around scraping all of that data. They sent a cease and desist letter uh, yesterday to Zuckerberg. Elon's lawyer is on the case. Let's see what happens there. Over on PFP land, 10KTFFTs, the story law. We got more uh, tweets yesterday. Uh, and they share that they are definitely revealing all the secrets of gtag uh, that's going to be happening on july 13th it's going to be led by yuga's chief creative officer figgy and the gtags have been holding around a 0.45, .45 floor and then lastly over on ordinals taproot Wizards founder udi wertheimer has hosted a two-hour space yesterday with brutalic buterin that happened on twitter not on threads so eat that threads brutalic said <laughs> that ordinals are bringing back a culture of doing things, and there's organic uh, builder culture happening on Bitcoin again. Onto crypto, BTC holding that 30k, ETH holding that sort of close to 1900, Solana doing Phenomenally well over the last seven days, just holding above 20 and 8.8, eight, just can't, ugh, trying to find some shaky ground. It's down at 1.9. Overall, it's looking pretty good going into the weekend. Volume across the market looking pretty healthy, considering it's a Friday. So for now, it looks like there's some blue skies. Back to you, folks.
0: Fantastic weather report, as usual, signal. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you connect your wallet to the nifty.com, connect your ETH and Solana wallet there to put yourself in a position to claim today's free NFT. Uh, to- first topic of the conversation here, Other Side shares six collections that will be able to play Legends of Mara. I was pretty surprised by, uh, I think, a couple of them. So it's interesting. So the, the six collections are 10 KTF, no surprise there. Renga, I mean, Renga is kind of, you know, associated with 10 T- KTF since they dropped, Mutant hounds. So mutant hounds were rumored that Yuga was going to buy them. I guess the actual substance of that rumor is that they were going to be involved in Legends of Mara. Uh, I didn't check, but I wonder if the price on mutant hounds ran at all based on this. Uh, Forgotten runes, wizards, and cryptotes. Oh, and also World of Women. So, very interesting uh, selection of collections that we'll be able to play. And yeah, we got some positive uh, market reaction right here, actually. So, Crypto's up 30%, World of Women up 40% on the news. Wow. And Mutant Hounds did a 2x before pulling back, still up 30%. So, I guess, what does this mean for the Legends of Mara game? And do you still need an other side vessel? in order to play the game. And it seems that since Vessel, uh, Easy called the Vessels on the show on Wednesday, so two days ago, I believe I bought a couple that day. Uh, they are up 16%. So thanks for the call, Easy. But uh, but yeah, what do we make of these collections being included in the Legends of Mara game? And what do we make of the, the Vessels and how they fit into this uh, equation?
1: World of Women. Is, uh, is a key integration point for this. I think it, they say that if you win at Legends of Mara, you'll be invited to a party that they host. Uh, so, and those parties are solid. So, very exciting things over there. That, that one's obviously a deal with uh, who, who's the guy that's on the. Gaio Siri. Gaio Siri. Um, it, it's also the first thing that uh, World of Women has done that the D Gen audience gives a shit about, basically. Because like they've been doing other things. It's just stuff that the D audience doesn't give a shit about. Like that's that's like the and they've been like building out a bunch of stuff. Um I, I, but it, it it's interesting to see. They had kind of implied that. Didn't they show the pictures of these collections in that helicopter back in the day, that photo? Uh
0: they yeah. showed World of Women, for example. I believe there was Cool Cat Snap, but and, and
2: maybe oh, Cool Cats, yeah. They showed cryptodes as well, which was also in that graphic. There's a cryptode in it. Mappers. Um, Where's the uh, No,
3: no, no, no. Ignore the top. Ignore the top. So just look in the helicopter. So punks aren't in it anymore, obviously. So, and then nouns, that's not in it. Cool cats isn't in it. And mebits aren't in it. So obviously, punks oh, mebits and mebits. Are mebits. Are oh, mebits are in it. Mebits sat at the council table? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. In the bottom left corner.
3: Okay. So it's just punks and um, the nouns, which aren't there. Are the in there?
1: So this
0: is from the original pitch.
1: deck. Yeah, yeah. What, what's, the, what's the new one? I, I want to see the new one. You you just had it picked pulled up. Here we go. So the new one is Cryptode. I, I was trying to figure out if that was a dead fella or a crypto. That's a
2: cryptode in the top left.
1: Okay. And what's next to them? Oh, mutant hound.
2: Mutant hound. Yeah, and the have World of women. Me bits. Uh, I, I still think like the vessel is the clear play here because that's what you actually need. Like I think you're going to get additional benefits from these other assets in the game, much like we've seen from like Battletown and 10KTF. But I think the clear winner is like that vessel and other deed expanded, which I've been kind of beating a drum too. Though you got as low as point one three, and now sitting at about point two oh five, point two one. Yep. So I still think there's a little bit higher upside on those as well.
3: And heavy metal is sitting on the apes lap as well, so they'll be yeah. integrated somehow.
2: Yeah, which a lot of people are speculating is gonna involve that like dungeon crawler aspect, which is supposed to roll out. Um, the thing with the heavy metals too is like that's like probably one of the better plays if you dove into them on Saturday when the world was ending with NFTs. They rebounded like fifty five percent, point four all the way up to point six five. So that was one that was like probably the clearest winner, considering the game was already live, and now people are just stacking them to try to build up their uh, their forges even faster.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, if you bought anything over the weekend, that's quality that the market views as here to stay, then you're probably up
1: 25 to 30%. Nick? Well, if you were playing heavy metal this weekend, then you're probably still asleep.
0: <laughs> Bunny, you have your hand raised. What's going on?
4: Yeah, I, I hate I don't know about you. But I hated that the mutant hound collars were in this dude. It's like, what are we doing, man? It's a dog derivative project. Like I've, I have I viewed it as kind of cash grabby, I guess. Uh, and I know that Leor Leor has his ties, but like the, I thought, the funny thing was that this this probably like, uh, it was on the trending in the morning yesterday, like way before that graphic surfaced, right? Like another like every Yuga announcement, or just about every announcement in Web three, uh, like you see the action on OpenSea or Blur before the news actually drops, right? Like they all get front ran.
0: Yeah, you mean because like insiders leak the news and everybody accumulates, then the graphic hits and everybody sells into the pump.
4: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, you know it is what it is. It's it's early in our space. It keeps happening,
1: Nick. The thing is, what what's interesting with a lot of these, uh, like a lot of the projects now, I just think like the overall average price has just gone down, and uh, and we're seeing a lot more action. Like Easy was talking about a point one to a point three, like it, it, more reasonable. Yeah, that's like the movement that we're getting at this point in time. So, and when you what the argument against that, I guess, was that like the collections are only ten thousand, whereas like if you look at a Pepe coin or something like that, the price could go to three dollars, five dollars, whatever. I, I don't remember what Pepe went up to, but the uh, people look at the actual price, uh, not the total market cap, is like a really common thing. That's also why people do uh, sh- you know, stock splits and things. Um, is so that like they can make that price more accessible because it'll create more buyers, but literally nothing changed.
0: Nothing changed. You're just slicing the pizza instead of doing eight slices. You're just taking your pizza slicer and doing 16 slices instead. It's the same size pizza, but all of a sudden, you know, Amazon. Uh,
2: I hated when the substitute teachers did that on pizza days. <laughs> They'd come in and chop that thing up, and you'd get the smallest little. Smallest little sliver of a pie. Well, it's it's,
0: it seems like you understand. You understand, easy. You're not part of the problem. But other people will see like that Tesla stock was 700 bucks pre-split. And then they just come through. They do a five to one split. Everyone's like, I can afford it now. It's like, dude, you could have just bought fractional shares. It's the same thing. It, it's yeah, <laughs> There's but- no difference.
3: So, um, I think one, it's good that these prices are coming down because I think they need to go even more so that people can actually play the games. But what's interesting, they just got some news that Sega has pulled out of Web3, and uh, you've got an executive saying the action in play to earn games is boring. What's the point if games are no fun? So, it's just like, I mean, I like I'm on the same page as, as this, as, as this exec, like. These prices have to come down dramatically for people to want to step into playing these games. There's just no way, like, even buying a Mutant Hound at 0.3 would make me want to go and play that game. Plus also have to pay the in-game the in-game app currency, Ape, will somehow be integrated. So it's interesting that Sega's pulling out uh, at this time. It could be the wrong move for them, um, but I think oh, time yeah. will tell got a
1: picture of a game gear from 1997 <laughs> because literally Sega hasn't made a damn thing in the past decade but like hey appreciate your hot take there like like what well, I don't understand Who gives a shit what Sega's COO says?
0: Well, it's undoubtedly the wrong move, obviously, because this is just the way things are trending. Obviously, it's very early and it's going to be a while before things fully happen. But I also just think that you're going to see more and more of these indicators that are basically bottom signals. They're just signals of bottoming. I'm not saying that like, okay, today is the bottom and we're just going to go straight up. But in a meeting that we had um, with our with one of our investors, it was like a group meeting, and you know everyone was just kind of discussing the current you know climate and what's going on and everything, and uh, and the investor said we just have these same conversations every three and a half years, and and it's just so true, and like you know when, I've talked about this on the show before when I discuss. Anything crypto, NFT, Web3 related with my quote unquote normie friends, I'm not trying to demean them by calling them normies. I just mean like normal people that work at tech companies in New York and aren't really worried about crypto day to day. They literally act like, you know, there's just nothing happened. There is no crypto industry. There's literally no crypto industry to them. And they're just like, oh yeah, oh, you're still doing that? Oh yeah, interesting, oh, that's cool. But then the BlackRock ETF comes out and all of a sudden I'm getting text, me- or the, the filing for the ETF comes out, all of a sudden I'm getting text messages and that's how I know that that's you know a signal that we're gonna get a little pump on Bitcoin, for example. We'll get the same signals when it comes to you know NFT gaming and NFTs themselves. Um, so look, before we move on from Legends of Mara, Another, I mean, look, you can't say that the Yuga Labs Gaming Studio isn't cranking out games. They put out Dookie Dash. You got to think that Dookie Dash is perceived as a success. It just is. I mean, multi-million dollar prize, basically, for one of the top professional gamers in the world getting involved. That was definitely a success. Heavy Metal sounds like maybe missed the mark a little bit right there's a few things there that aren't exactly uh home runs but hey they're trying then you got this new game legends of mar coming out we'll see how this goes and then you have that trailer for the other i guess just other side dropping uh that people were had like comments about the the feet of the apes but it's like it looked like it was Pretty damn good, honestly. It looked like World of Warcraft only with Bored Apes running around. And when they got to the swamp at the end of the trailer, I, I know that that made me feel pretty cool. Like that was a really cool, iconic uh, image. Nick, it looks like you wanted to to chime in with something.
1: Well, they have another game also. Enway Game is on this uh, timeline that uh, James at Animoca Ventures shared. He did a tweet thread, which I thought was really good. And it was kind of something that we discussed the other day. Like As much as shit that we talk about, like, you know, Project X, Y, or Z. The the bottom line is, like, there are people that are uh, building things, and Yuga's basically produced the most output yeah. of anybody from a from a heavy lifting standpoint. And they also have a team of executives. Uh, he he referenced one of the people, and I I don't know enough about the gaming space in order to provide a detailed comment on this, but he said CTO Mike Severs, the brain behind Fortnite. Is 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 literally the CTO of uh, Yuga? You you got um, the for, You have their updated CEO, who's Daniel Allegre or Ale- Blizzard,
0: right? Blizzard.
1: Yeah, former Blizzard. You got a uh, Cgo, which I, I guess that's Chief Gaming Officer. I'd assume, I don't know
0: what that, I'd assume so. Yes.
1: And, and uh, Spencer Tucker, who's ex President of Games at Scopely. I don't know what Scopely is, but that's just because I don't know the gaming uh, industry. The gaming industry. The bottom line is they have a, uh, they have like quite a team. They continue to produce stuff, and whether or not you like, the the biggest complaint at this point is only that like the the floor price of half a million dollars was not sustainable, and really, I don't think they ever promised that. And instead, all they've done is execute. So if there's something that like you're pissed off about, or you could say like, oh, the heavy metal game. uh, has some rough edges, which it definitely does. Like it it went from boring to interesting, to boring again. And my, that's just my experience. And I'm sure other people have figured it out and, and there, there was a certain path that made it more exciting where like you were making more money quicker, but like, if you didn't take that path, you didn't have it. So it was like, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, like they, they missed the mark on a couple of things there. But they're still producing stuff and the quality of the stuff that they always reveal is like really, really high. What what is Pio and Clemente are over here? Well, I'm just
0: smiling because Clemente made the title "Web3 games are terrible," and I said, "I said let's change that title," and he changed it to "Web3 games suck." So I'm sorry, it did make me laugh. I was like, "Okay, maybe he's not he's not grasping the direction I want him to go." And I was like, "Make it <laughs> totally different." So he changed it to "Yuga Gaming Approach." Thank you, Clemente. Next title is "You all are
4: losers." <laughs>
0: (laughs) So sorry, Nick. I I was not trying to undermine your contribution to the show. I thought I I was listening to as much as I could while processing that Clemente changed it to Web3 games suck. I just wanted to make sure I addressed that. So please continue, Nick, and then we'll move on. You should just make it NFT traders are dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's just pretty funny. Uh, So look, so um, we'll have to see how these different, I mean, look, they're shipping games at this point, and it makes sense. I'm sure they have whole dedicated teams to each of these games. They have plenty of of uh, capital to be able to run this business. Now, now
1: it's Yuga Gaming Approach, which is like, wah, 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 Yeah,
0: that's a boring title, but it's okay. <laughs> we had, we just had to
1: get off of Web3 Games Suck. Uh, that I was like it, actually. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> it is not a bad title,
0: but I don't know. It's Friday. I just wanted to... Text to... in
1: Web3, question mark. <laughs> you could do that at something, like, that, that'd be a pretty good one. That would get people in you the room for call, sure. Like Thread Guy pr- uh, Pregnant. <laughs> something like that see if he shows up to the space <laughs> that
0: that would definitely uh yeah i think that one would work too uh so look the next uh thing that's,
1: uh, that's herpes okay all right
5: Nick, okay the
0: next uh the next topic that we're going to discuss is elementals art Uh, the Elementals Art Change Proposal Vote. So today at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Elementals holders will basically have a DAO voting approach where if the vote, uh, if basically a vote has over 50%, it will pass. And there are art examples shared in a thread presented by Azuki. If it doesn't pass, then collectors will still be able to go to the Azuki site and basically make their own background. But I guess my understanding is it won't be reflected in the metadata of the NFT. Is, is that correct? Easy? I don't know if yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: I, I was in the, uh, the, what was the, what's the name of the DAO? Uh, Spirit the- DAO spirit doubt space last night they're not for the background changing okay what they were trying to articulate was that like this uh, this art actually as they spent more time did have more nuance to it and yeah. more more thought behind it the uh, uh, whether or not like you agree fundamentally with the approach because like you can make nice art but just be off in the overall strategy and I think that's what happened here um, with this particular project. And so a lot of whales ended up leaving. But it was interesting to hear Spirit Dow's communication was very measured. And it was, if, if there was a dream uh, sort of situation that you could have of a community within your project, Spirit Dow basically embraced that last night. And their communication sounded like executives really communicating very measured messaging about their take on things and their, their, uh, their, thought process that went into it. And I would imagine, you know, am, amongst like a, a discord community talking about like their perception on things, I'm sure a lot of the whales that were like pissed off and left just like were furious basically and probably were not giving measured takes on the situation. It was really just like uh, buyer's remorse or holder's remorse in, the, in this case where the, the anticipation of what was going to drop was not the case. But their their position was don't update the backgrounds. that That's not necessary as part of this. And And the reality is is like it also requires a bunch of development effort and and like you need to like put in all this effort for something which really it, it's it's really difficult when the da- like a, a vote is happening, which is driving the roadmap of the company, which is busy executing on things. It prevents flexibility. And now you got to allocate this money, time, um, and thought just into what, what, like, how do we make this the best that it can be? And you have to do pro- like a whole product development lifecycle with it. And it just seems like, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it sounds like Spirit Dow's not in support of this. And I'm assuming they hold a large amount of the votes. Am I wrong about that?
3: I don't know how much they um, hold on, on, on the votes, but in terms of like how, Percentage-wise, how much they hold of the collection, I imagine they they are definitely some of the biggest holders. Um, I'm with like you and Spirit down on this. I don't at this stage. I don't believe the challenge that Azuki has is a background color change. The challenge that Azuki has is to get the trust back from the community and to release something which will put their floor price back up. And I just don't think changing the background is that. Um, also as well, I don't know if there's a minimum threshold for this vote to go through. So one of the biggest challenges of DAOs is actually getting people to vote. If they can have a high voter turnout on this and then whatever the decision is, is you know yes or no, that's good. But if you get a very low participation and then the answer is yes or no, it's not really a reflection of probably what the wider community thinks so that percentage participation rate is really high i know you might get more people voting in this than they have in a u.s election percentage wise <laughs> you never know but um it, like azuki's challenge right now is not the background color it's, there's
0: no it, there's no limit by the way signal no quarters. there's no
3: limit so it means that literally you know depending what time zone this happens depending how long it's open you need to have a good amount of people turn up for this to really represent like as many people in the community and, you know, potentially also beans holders. I don't know if it it includes beans holders as well. Just elementals and it's 24 hours for the vote. So I think that what Nick pointed
0: out is definitely on point. Uh, you know, I made a comment yesterday that I saw like a narrative starting to form that Azuki is like a decentralized NFT project. And, you know, Kicks kind of chuckled when I said that. But the thing is, is like, if you can accomplish that, if you can make people feel like an NFT project is decentralized... That's like one of the strongest things that you can do. And I think that Spirit Dow basically, you know, presenting on behalf of the Azuki organization on this on this Twitter space that Nick listened to last night, that is really, really strong for Azuki. That's incredible because you have a basically a team like a uh, a strong team presenting on your behalf and they're not even the founding team. And I talked about how resilient Azuki has been historically. I would not be surprised if I had to make a prediction for this, I feel like it's going to be a no vote and I feel like it's going to probably be
1: bullish. They're not presenting on behalf of Azuki. I want to be clear like that's like a really nuanced thing. They're not speaking on behalf of Azuki. They're speaking on behalf of themselves. If you if if you end up in a like the concept of a decentralized project where other people are speaking on behalf of the core operating uh, organization is such a risky and chaotic situation to end up with, basically, because people feel empowered to say whatever they want on behalf of the organization is very, like, that's just a liability, essentially. So you never would want that. But they do speak on behalf of the DAO via communication with Azuki and say that they do operate very closely. And what what I thought was primarily interesting in one of the value adds that that uh, that they were communicating was essentially while the team is busy in operating mode, going and building and 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 creating the next product and the next iteration, they're able to amplify the message of Azuki's uh, mission and community and get people excited. And that's something that's really freaking cool. Is that like because one of the hardest things. Of, uh, of running a nFT project essentially is that you need to be in both execution mode, which is building something, and communication mode. Communication is like the most important thing. And we're w- like we're experiencing that ourselves and I, that's why like most of my tweets right now are those automated GM tweets, which I hate. like I don't like that that's that's what it is. But for me to go take the time to create thoughtful content, it takes hours every like, day. It, Yeah, it it, it takes a lot of time every single day to do that. And so that's why someone like NFT God, for example, is focused on that and he's building a subscription thing and he's got to go focus on like that side of things as well and how he creates that content. But his whole job is just the creating the content side. But if you're creating product at the same time, it's just difficult. So that's why you see someone like, and I can understand the frustration of like Poopy Cat who's tweeting about uh, doodles and uh, basically being like, yo, we're out of here building. We're not tweeting about this shit. The reality is, is like you have to find people that are able to go and communicate. And Azuki is particularly good at that. Bored Apes are, are uh, over time, there's been more substance to them posting thoughtful content. There's a lot of Bored Ape PFPs that post about that. There's a lot of CryptoPunk PFPs that post thoughtful content. And that represents... Through association, that brand. So that's where I see there is a decentralized, uh, decentralization effect. And then in in NFTs, this is the only place where you actually see that. Like if you go support someone's uh, Patreon, you may get like some merch, but you're not like, I I never see someone wearing Mr. Beast merch in New York (laughs) City. Like that just is not something that I see. And he's the number
0: one content creator
1: in the world. Yeah, and I never see it, but people buy it and he makes millions of dollars. Yet I literally never see it. now. That's also because maybe I don't live in like suburbia where kids are going to school and stuff like that. So I'm assuming if I was hanging out or if I worked at a middle school, you probably would see a bunch of Mr. Beast merch. So I, it's just not the uh, But
0: still I mean it is that he's the number 1 content creator in the world you would think that you'd see it whereas in New York uh, dude I saw like uh, Kevin Durant in an Instagram video shooting around at a New York gym and he's wearing a Basquiat shirt with just the big crown so it's like you do see certain brands in you know certain places and it is interesting that uh, yeah you point out that Mr Beast you're not seeing that merch anyway ladies and gentlemen just a reminder that today's show is sponsored by Planet X. Planet X being the world's first blockchain-native live treasure hunt game where players are competing against each other for real-world prizes, uh, we have some bite-sized gameplay set, uh, sessions that we're going to show, and those will basically showcase that your gameplay sessions are going to last around 15 minutes where you're going to be experiencing nonstop action and excitement, which is the point of playing a game, right? That's like the point. It's supposed to be fun. So you'll get a chance to immerse yourself Thank in... Thank you for that, Yeah, <laughs> I-, I just got to let people know. I got to remind people that games are supposed to be fun, and sometimes I think that we forget that in this space, so it's very refreshing to have one that's like, it's a game first, right? It's not a web three game, it's a game first, right? So you'll get a chance to immerse yourself in a visually stunning world that's inspired by Avatar set on a mystical alien planet, and you'll basically discover hidden treasure chests scattered across the map during hunts. You'll collect X tokens from common and rare chests, which can be redeemed for over 5,000 items in the X vault, including the latest IRL tech fashion, and more. So this is a free-to-play game that's coming to iOS and Android later this year. This is Planet X. And the Genesis Mint Begin soon. And you can actually sign up for that uh, mint with the link in the pinned tweet that's pinned to the top of the Twitter show. So Clemente has got you taken care of with that uh, link. And we're actually going to be talking to the Planet X team in just a little bit. Um, So last thing I want to discuss, or another topic I want to discuss, uh, is Solana's resilience During yesterday's crypto dump, so following the jobs report yesterday, Ethereum dumped a whopping $100. You know, the the world's on fire. But from 1950 to 1850, and most cryptocurrencies followed a similar pattern. Solana, however, didn't miss a beat and is actually up 6% in the past 24 hours to almost $21. Are we seeing a price discovery of Solana because it sold off too aggressively during the FTX dump and we haven't actually had proper price discovery since then?
2: I think so, personally. Like the way I look at it is like we're back above 20 here. Um, and a lot of people saying over 21 is the clear path to 25, which was just a lot more clearly buyers than sellers. It's kind of what you get. Uh, we had these aggressive sell offs. And I think a lot of people are kind of coming down to the risk-reward scenario of Solana with a community that hasn't gone anywhere and has only kind of doubled down on conviction. There's some major things coming out with like Fire Dancer, which is a big upgrade to the blockchain itself that can process up to a billion transactions. And that's where like high throughput kind of gives an opportunity where I think a lot of people are just getting excited for this and continuing to see a lot of innovation on this side. We've seen Anatoly and Raj start to push more for the DeFi side of things because that is where you get more liquidity into blockchain itself. And they're starting to share more around like DeFi options, DeFi metrics, seeing increase in total value locked, and a bunch of other key things that come down into like what helps that underlying price action. So right now it seems, I mean, the chart looks great on like the daily and weekly. Monthly still had a little bit of resistance, but we've essentially broken out from a downward price action dating all the way back to August 21 before the previous breakout that sent it all the way up to 250 So I mean, even here, I had said a while back to Nick that, like, would it shock me if Sol somehow got back into the $40 range going at the end of the year? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, it just It's one of those things you can't really fade a community that is basically ignoring all of the negativity from the FTX collapse and the pushback from some people who just kind of have a distaste towards Solana. You look at uptime, there's only been a singular issue that had a 0.03% downtime back in February. Uh, so even like uptime numbers continuing to shift that narrative. And I think over an extended period of time, we've seen massive success from apps like Stepin and all these other components that have truly drawn adoption from people without knowing what the underlying blockchain is. So I think that there's a lot more potential for on like a risk reward scenario.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Obviously, we have a little bit of a bias because we just dropped Bodogos on Solana, but it's great to see the interest in Solana basically pick back up. I think a lot of people that use Solana and have been using Solana maybe for the first time are appreciating the experience of using it with gasless transactions, instant transactions. And it just kind of you know, feels like a blockchain that's ideal for collectibles and collectability. It just kind of does. You can kind of swap NFTs a bunch of times without paying gas fees and instant transactions. It's just pretty cool. It's like a high transaction volume chain. Nick, any thoughts on the uh, the price
1: pump on Solana? We said it. I, I feel like we were talking about the price action on Solana. I've been texting with Easy and I was like, dude, should I, I feel like I should be buying a lot more here. Yeah. This looks like a $24 price target feels reasonable. Crypto I bought, Kaleo. I bought, I bought some and I talked about it on the show. So like, this is just manifesting literally what we said. Uh, it's also, I don't know where it, it, it bounced off of the middle of the Bollinger Bands on the Weekly, which is Whatever,
0: Which is, like, well, D-Farmer, D-Far- I just want to mention D-Farmer and Crypto Kaleo, to crypto Twitter and NFT Twitter personalities have actually been beating the drum of Solana quite excessively over the past, call it three weeks at least, referencing some of the stuff that you're talking about, like the Bollinger cool. Band uh, uh, metrics. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, the daily right now looks crazy strong, almost to a degree that's like, uh, like, extreme because it's outside the bands on the upside on the, on the, on the daily. But I mean, it's as bullish as you can get. I mean, overall, uh, over time, it tends to revert back to the uh, middle of it, but it can go for a long time to the upside outside the uh, Bollinger bands. Um, The bottom line is it's looking real strong. And I I feel like at a minimum $22 uh, price action makes sense. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see closer to, um, uh, you know, like 24 or something like that is, is not out of the question. But even at 22, you had a ton of upside on this. Um, I think we like you could have bought in at like 15 bucks. Nice $7 run is 50% gain. I'm also, I've also been thinking about it as well. Just having Bitcoin and adding more Bitcoin here is not like a dumb move. There, there was a tweet that went around where I saw like basically um, and, and I, I've been buying, like I, I'm I am always buying Bitcoin and eth basically just uh, always um, not in substantial sums but I have you know over one Bitcoin and I'll probably have more uh, like I, I would probably end up at like at least two two to three um, and the like so- someone posted should should I buy a cryptopunk or uh, or a uh, big, one Bitcoin for the for the next uh, for the next bull run. My take is both is, is, is what is what you really want, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, CryptoPunks hit half a million dollars again uh, on a floor price does not feel out of question. And so that's an easy like that's way easier to get five X on bitcoin $100,000 seems like a, a reasonable target at a minimum on the next run to 125 something like that. Yep. So you're looking at a 4x associated with that potentially. So I'm just saying like yeah, why like the reality is if you're able to make 4x's in your portfolio over any short period of time and by short, I mean 3 years, 5 years something yeah. like that, 4x is a huge movement in your portfolio. So I, like it just seems like why wouldn't I get exposure to those couple of things where I'm looking at those higher-end items? It's way harder to call beneath the blue chips. I even like apes. I, like, I look at apes in their execution right now. They're not disappearing in the next, like, it, like in the next year. And so I think that Board apes are a real interesting one as well. So if I were to pick, I'd be like, give me some, uh, and then give me Solana. Give me Bitcoin, Solana, a CryptoPunk, and a bored ape. And that's 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 my pick. You're the an Ethereum
0: episode. bull too, though, right?
1: I am, but the reality is, is like Bitcoin, Ethereum, like they all tend to run. And if I'm taking uh, ETH for so long, has been categorized categorized as an altcoin, which I don't feel that it is at this point in time. But like, if I'm going to get that upside, take a flyer and go on like Solana or something like that, which actually has, in my opinion, way more way upside upside potential. And and I like build uh, well. I like building on it because someone else is building the interface with the blockchain. I, I actually know how to build with solidity. But regardless, I, I think that's a nice uh, portfolio. Yeah. I mean, look,
0: uh, the way I've been operating, I think I've talked about it on the show before, is like if I go to buy, like, say, a stock... Really, the only benefit for me in buying a stock is that a bank will acknowledge a stock as an asset in 2023, whereas a bank will not acknowledge Bitcoin or Ethereum or NFTs as an asset. I won't be able to actually take a loan out against uh, any of my crypto assets or have those crypto assets count towards my net worth if I needed to get like a mortgage or something like that. But when I go to buy, like, say, Microsoft stock, like Easy Kicks and Nick were pointing out that Microsoft stock might run considering the runs that we've seen in other tech stocks. It might be lagging behind. Um, I'm like about to press the buy button on Microsoft, but I'm like, but this ain't going to outperform Bitcoin over the next like three or three or four years. I guess maybe it will, but like, is anything Facebook fucking crushed it after they got decimated because, but why did, but why did Facebook sell off as hard as it did?
1: because of metaverse stuff.
0: Exactly. It Facebook sold off as if it was like a crypto stock. You know what I mean? So then it got the, everyone was like, wait a minute. This is Facebook, bro. 5X bounce back, let's go. So that was just a weird outlier market making a mistake being like kind of erratic uh, situation. Uh, but yeah, Signal, any thoughts on Solana or anything that we're discussing here?
3: I actually bought a bag of Solana um, around both <laughs> at that's it bogo time but doggo's <laughs> but doggo's because um it's it, it, it's one of the alts that, that I haven't had in my portfolio um and I'm and I'm not really an alt person I don't I kind of like want to stay in bitcoin and ethereum and I'm not trading it I'm not like buying and selling it I just DCA and solana was the one which I was like this is the one out of all of them that I'd like to have in my bag over the long term um I think at least what we're seeing on the PFP side and on the, on the DeFi side looks a lot more compelling as a narrative going forward than perhaps what's happening on, on Polygon. I'm not under, like I think Polygon has a different narrative to Solana at this moment, but I think the Solana narrative is winning and has more momentum, which is why I'd rather hold that as an alt for the next sort of six to 12 months.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, you're about to see the the Bodagos party at breakpoint later this year. That's probably just gonna send the Solana price to somewhere around a hundred bucks. If I'm gonna make an estimate, no, I'm just playing, but or or am I? Uh but yeah, I mean, like love to see people really excited and building on Solana and continuing to and just having that progression. Of legitimacy, uh, continue to develop. And at the end of the day, look—if it becomes the blockchain that NFT collectibles collections prefer to build on, then that's a use case and a half. You're just talking about digital collectability. Uh, And you're seeing things like Bitcoin and and Solana gain market share against Ethereum that really dominated NFTs. Even while Solana was rising to prominence, Ethereum still dominated NFTs. So you love to see that start to balance out. And I mean, Vitalik went on Udi's show yesterday that Signal pointed out. And Vitalik's not weird about other blockchains getting market share when it comes to NFTs. He's a Bitcoin guy. Like he started off with Bitcoin and he obviously is like a super genius and was able to build a competing blockchain ecosystem to Bitcoin. So yeah, I'd say he's uh, he knows his stuff when it comes to Web3 and the blockchains. Pretty crazy stuff there. Any closing thoughts on this uh, before we talk to our sponsor for today, Planet X?
1: No, if we talk about portfolio talk, I basically just gave the entire playbook and you can, we just don't need to discuss it ever again. Like <laughs> anything, trade, anything, any, anything, it's literally done. Like you, you, you buy Bitcoin, a CryptoPunk, an Ape, and uh, Solana, and you're good to go.
0: Well, there you go, and I think we, we there's a couple stories we missed. We'll have to get to them on Monday. I see some uh, some notes from Signal here. We'll, we'll get to those on Monday, Sig. Uh, but I love Nick giving the playbook the playbook of fifty thousand dollar digital collectibles uh, on top of one fungible token. So I think Bitcoin's probably the most accessible thing there, even though a lot of people look at Bitcoin's price and and fa- fail to see the the fractional nature of the asset. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, today's sponsor is Planet X. And we are incredibly excited to talk to the Planet X team here about the world's first global treasure hunt game where players actually compete for real world prizes every single day. Competitive gaming brought to the mass market outside of eSports on the blockchain. Absolutely love to hear it. So we have Ghost, the leader of the X-Droids from Planet X. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'd love to know What's the deal with Planet X?
5: Yeah, look, thank you for having me on. Really nice of you all and welcome to everybody listening in. I've really enjoyed just listening to everything you've said about gaming. I like the title Web3 Gaming Sucks because I kind of agree with you. So <laughs> yeah, you feel free to put that title back on. But no, look, thank you. I'd love to get into it, talk about gaming, talk about my game, take everyone on a little journey in this space to where Planet X came from. And yeah, just get in. So, so where do you want me to start?
0: Well, I mean, I think people would love to know just the basic sort of, uh, you know, like how do they play the game? Obviously, it's a free-to-play game, maybe where blockchain comes into it, and just really what what kind of a game it actually is.
5: Perfect. So, so look, instead of me throwing features at everyone in the room, I'm just going to tell you where it came about because it will relate to everyone in the room who games um, or has played gaming of any type. So... I'm a really big casual gamer. So I play a lot of Warzone, Valorant, Apex, all the AAA FPSs. I like super competitive games. Slow paced games do not do it for me. So like the, the, the new Yuga game would make me fall asleep uh, 100%. So um, I really like those competitive games. And the concept came to me playing Warzone. So me and my friends are quite good. We win now and again. Uh, We're not pro players or anything, but we generally just understand gaming culture. And whilst we were winning one of the games, you know, and everyone celebrates over the mic. For those that actually game, you'll understand that experience, you know, screaming down the mic to your friends. Yes, we won. And all you do is go again. So when you play these battle royales, you win Fortnite and you just go again and again and again. Play for a few hours, you turn it off. But when I won, something hit me where I was like, why is there not more competition to this? Why is that last minute shootout not winning something of real world value? And that's when Planet X hit me. And to put it in its simplest form, it is a global treasure hunt where people compete for real world prizes every day through mobile. So how that happens is every day at a specific time there is a hunt. So it could be a hunt at 6 p.m. every night this week. So let's say there's one at Saturday at 6 p.m. All of us in this room wanna join. At 6 p.m., we're allowed to join the experience. And as you land on this avatar-style planet, there'll be a certain amount of hidden treasure chests. So there could be 10, there could be 50, there could be 100, there could be 500. And what you do as a player is you run around and compete for them. But if you find one, you instantly win the prize inside. So just picture a college kid sitting in his dorm. He runs around, opens a treasure chest, and out pops an iPhone. But where it gets super competitive is you then have to get that to extraction and everybody else can kill you. So imagine screaming down the phone, oh my God, I've just won an iPhone or VIP tickets to Coachella or a holiday, whatever it is. And then somebody comes around and shoots you, kills you and picks up the iPhone and runs off laughing at his vote. So it's all about this hyper competitive bite-sized experience that lasts until the last chest is found. When the last chest is found, the game is over, And there is not another game until the next day or the next scheduled time. So it's about this bite-sized gaming. That's the core of the concept before I get into the Web3 element. But, um, yeah, was there anything you wanted to add?
0: Well, uh, real quick, Nick. Clemente has some of the gameplay footage pulled up on our YouTube stream right now. And it's really cool to see how smooth it is. Again, it looks like it was built to be a game first. You know, crazy idea. And just the first-person shooter component to it with the mobile phone and how smooth it is definitely makes it look like a really cool gaming experience. Nick, what were you going to say?
1: So I'm wondering, how do you afford to continue to give people iPhones? Like what? Like do do you charge them to play or like how does that work?
5: No. So you actually mentioned Mr. Beast and he's the best example. So how the economy works? So we've got traditional funding, so we've got funding, and imagine you've got your get to market strategy. And let's just say, for example, you had two years of runway. You dedicate a certain amount of money every month to give away. So let's just say it's $30,000 for now every single month. And as more players grow, you increase the prize pool through your revenue drivers. So the main two revenue drivers are microtransactions and brand advertising. And I'll explain how both of those break into the model. So microtransactions is obviously proven to be the best revenue driver for these AAA publishers. Call of Duty, Fortnite, you name it. And it's from skins, character upgrades, buggies, guns, everything. So that is the first revenue driver and they make millions per week from these microtransactions. And to break that into our product, let's say a content creator said, right, there's a there's a hunt this Saturday with $10,000 in it. One of you is gonna win it. The first person to find it wins the chest inside. You can imagine the amount of people that would download the game to play in that experience. If 10,000 of them have said, right, I want to buy a buggy for $2 to get around, you've just made 20,000 from one hunt. So microtransactions is one revenue driver. But where it gets really interesting is brand advertising. So everybody knows, and let's reference the recent Fortnite.Swoosh collaboration. Everybody knows the top brands are partnering with good games with great data because that is where the next generation is. And what you wanna do as a brand is get the next generation to fall in love with you so you've got the whole life cycle. So if you have a good game like Roblox, Fortnite, you name it, brands are very attracted to you. So think about Planet X as an experience. If you've even got just 30,000 people to turn up to one hunt globally, you have got 15 minutes of people's attention, but where does that collaborate with the brand? So, inside the treasure chest, imagine Nike vouchers, imagine what a, a product a brand is launching a product and they hide it in a treasure chest. Imagine branded hunts just for brands around the world, whether they're micro or macro brands. So brand advertising will become a massive pillar of Planet X. But the last bit to support all of that, let's talk about Mr. Beast, how he became the biggest content creator in the world. He did it through three pillars: giving away pr- prizes transparency, and entertainment. They're the three pillars. And what he did, if you look at his history, he gave away $1,000, grew an audience, gave away 10,000, grew a bigger audience, gave away half a million, grew a bigger audience, and now he's become a brand's dream for how he makes money. So imagine that model as Planet X. You launch as a game, kids tune in, somebody wins $5,000, it, it goes viral on TikTok, kid found, finds $5,000 hit in a treasure chest, the next day you get a load of downloads. When's the next hunt? And as you get more attention, you give away bigger prizes. So it's kind of that economy how it will grow itself.
0: Love it. And you know, we're getting some really positive feedback from our YouTube commenters, you know, saying one of the better, you know, sponsors that we've had on the show. Really straightforward and easy to understand. So, you know, great response from our audience and and you know, love to see that. Nick, was there any follow-up question before we move on?
1: Uh no, I, I love it. Awesome.
0: So yeah, I mean, if we could talk a little bit about the the blockchain component, I think people would love to hear about that.
5: Yeah, thank you. So going back to your conversation again at the beginning, it was like a game has to be fun. So we had the added advantage that we came into Web3 quite late. So when I originally raised funding for this, it was a Web2 game uh, three years ago when we started building. And I fell down the Web3 rabbit hole because of two things i jumped into an alien friend space during the bull market and everybody was absolutely hyped you remember what the spaces used to be and it was the first time community around the world hit me like oh my god you can have a global community actually supporting a vision and you don't get that in web 2 as nick said earlier so that's the first thing that hit me and the second thing that hit me is that i have a cousin who is nine years old now And whenever it's his birthday or Christmas, he does not want anything physical from me. So I ring up my auntie and say, look, what does he want for his birthday? And he wants nothing except V-Bucks. That's all he wants is roadblock stuff and V-Bucks stuff. So it really hit me that even though some of the older generation might not believe in crypto and blockchain, it's obvious that the younger generation, they're already living through it in that digital world. So when I saw Web3, I thought, what a perfect opportunity To adapt the product to future proof it, but also bring another level of experience to holders within the game. So I don't believe in the terminology Web3 gaming. I believe in the terminology gaming and whatever technology you use underneath to make that experience better, great. So we are a hybrid. So this is where we came up with our collection. Um, And I'll break down the collection, the benefits of it. So We are launching our x collection. It's a collection of 10,000 x which is the main character IP. Um, The first interesting thing with that is we have the game and the IP. And as you'll see with a lot of PFP projects, they're trying to get their IP into experiences to grow the IP. Because without the experience, how are you gonna grow your IP? So the fact that we've got the game, if the game is successful, the IP will obviously become loved by the players. So that's the first thing. However, it's got two main utilities to owning an X-Droid. First things first, if you own one, you get access to extreme hunts. And these are hunts that are for holders only. So if you buy into this IP, you get access to special hunts that only the community are playing in. And it's for 10,000. What is we, sorry?
0: We, sorry, Clemente's playing something that we got. Okay, all set. Sorry about that.
5: <laughs> no, that's okay. He's on the website, isn't he? It? He's playing the music. I can hear Yeah, uh, Yeah. Um, so, if you get access to extreme hunts and the prize pool starts at $10,000 a month. So, the moment you mint, you get access to these hunts with a community. But how that prize pool grows again with the economy, which Nick will probably ask, is every 10,000 players our normal game grows, we increase that prize pool by $1,000. So to give you guys some stats, if we were even 1% the size of Fortnite, you'd be competing for hundreds of thousands of dollars just for your community. So you own that asset and you get access to these hunts. And some of you in the room might be like, oh, but that's Fortnite, you know, the biggest brand, you know, gaming franchise in the world. But you have to break it down to core concept. What is more attractive to the global market, including young kids, young adults, mums and dads? A global treasure hunt that you can tune in in your pajamas in your house to compete for holidays prizes, or a shoot 'em up like Fortnite, which is a specific genre. So our actual audience to attract for a game of a treasure hunt is much wider than something like Fortnite. That's just factual due to concept. So that's the first thing with the prize pools. The second thing is if you do not like gaming, or you are busy in life, or you just see NFTs as an investment you can do a second thing with your X-Droid. You can rent out your space to normal Web2 players to access Extreme Hunts. So Hunts this Saturday, Nick doesn't own an X-Droid. He comes to me and says, James, I want to enter that hunt on the game. And I say, no problem, Nick, that's 0.1 ETH to get your space. So if I own several X-Droids, that's passive income every single month just for owning it. Um, They're the two main utilities. I don't want to go on about the other ones because those two are the ones that, i believe will uh, relate to the floor price of the actual asset so there are loads of other benefits that help support it but they're the two major ones that everyone would want to know
0: yeah i mean wonderful explanation and a lot of people are asking how to mint you know how, how does it work
1: or to... oh, go ahead nick well sorry i'm confused that i get passive income out of this situation what what is that what does that mean so i buy one of
5: these nfts I, yeah. I, I, y- yes. Yes. So so imagine because you get access to extreme hunts by owning them, let's say this game grew millions of players because you are one of 10,000 people or 3,000 people however many holders you have that own it. A normal player on the game can go to you and say, I want access to that special extreme hunt and you can rent the space to them in ETH. So you pick how much ETH you rent it for. So each month you get that, you do the exchange with that player and all the game does is give a ticket to the person that's paid you that ETH. So I pay you the ETH, I get like an invite code to enter that hunt.
1: Interesting, okay.
0: Yeah, and we have people asking about you know how to get access. Obviously we have the link pinned at to the top so people can sign up, but can we talk a little bit about the Mint mechanics and what people should expect from that?
5: Yeah, 100%. So our Mint is not allow list and whitelist. So this is the first thing, it is an open auction which will take place for 48 hours. And how our mint works is simple. Anyone can turn up, you connect your wallet, and it's a 48 hour battle to the end basically. And it's just bidding up and you've got to be in a winning position. Um, We tested this auction eight weeks ago. We actually did a real mint with an invite only and they ended up minting for 0.55 ETH each. So a very, very good price. Um, And our next auction is literally coming. I'm not going to say an exact date because it's spontaneous, but it is very, 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 very close. So if you do not sign up, you will miss that. All we need is your email. And that just means on mint day, you'll get an email saying the the auction is now live and you'll get the link to the page and you can uh, obviously bid.
0: Awesome. We have uh, the invite only mint graphic pulled up on the planet X website really cool 3d art there for the actual nft so yeah what call to action should the audience have obviously follow planet x on twitter the twitter account is on the twitter stage right there you see the square pfp with the gold check any other calls to action besides signing up for this mint
5: no not not really all i would say is that you know we've built a product first you know web3 could go down tomorrow And this game's still going to hit the world. It's a global treasure hunt. So I think that you know how the NFT market is is transitioning. People are bored of speculation. You know, people were talking about this in spaces like, "Oh, they might build this. They might build that." And the only thing you have to decide as someone listening is, "Do I believe that people around the world would tune in and compete for prizes every day?" And if you do, then I think you're a good person to join our community and uh, back what we're doing, basically.
0: Absolutely. And Clemente has on the YouTube show sign up for Planet X's auction. That's playplanetx.com slash mint sign up. So the YouTube audience, it's right there on the screen. We have the tweet pinned for those that are listening on Twitter. If you're listening after the fact on the pl- podcast, again, that's playplanetx.com slash mint sign up. Uh, well, James, thank you so much for joining today. Any closing thoughts? Anything else that you wanted to make the audience aware of before we wrap?
5: Yeah, one exciting thing. So I was I was on Rug Radio the other day and I was speaking to Farouk and there's in this auction, if it hits our expectations, the first hunt will be one Tesla hidden in a treasure chest. So one holder will win a Tesla from around the world. So that is crazy for brand building and that is very Mr. Beast style for our concept. So um, and that will happen and you'll see it in a several months' time. So that's probably how I'd like to finish up.
0: Well, you speak in my language. Uh, I'm a big Tesla fan, so love to hear it. So if you want to win a free Tesla, play Planet X and compete for those prizes. Well, James, thanks so much for joining. Big shout out to Planet X. Everybody, make sure you follow Planet X on Twitter. Go to playplanetx.com slash min sign up. If you want to play a fun and engaging Web 3 shooter, Web3 Battle Royale game and have the chance to actually win prizes. Really cool mechanics there. Anyway, that's our show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week, discussing all things NFTs, technology, entertainment, gaming, finance, and just about everything in between. We'll be back on Monday. Shows- free NFT. We got to get okay. away with free NFT. Shows also available on YouTube and Apple and Spotify podcasts. And yeah, we got a free NFT. Uh, dish it out, Clemente, please. Password for today's free NFT is Bullish23, B U L L I S H. Is
1: that a reference to Michael Jordan? <laughs>
0: yes, Bullish23. You can go claim that at the nifty.com. Thank you everyone for tuning in today and enjoy the free NFT. We got another Bodago's relic today. Another Bodago's relic. Almost done with the Bodago's relic collection. This is the horns of the Permabull. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on Monday have a great weekend everyone uh, let us know if there's anything in the show you want to see just tweet at us uh, you know comment on YouTube all the above thanks for listening everyone one more shout out to Planet X play slash mint sign up make sure you follow planet X on Twitter catch you guys next time